Welcome to Sticky Interviews. My name is Darren Smith and I'm the Chief Meaning Officer of MBM, Making Business Matter, the home of Sticky Learning. We are the soft skills training provider to retailers and manufacturers around the globe. The idea of these interviews is to bring to you the experts inside knowledge of how you can be the very best version of you. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Simon Blake. We're here at Sticky Learning MBM and we have the great honour of talking to you. Now I know that you're the CEO of Mental Health England. I know that you ride horses and you've got a competition tomorrow. But what I'd like to do is for the guys that are watching is say why should we talk to you about mental health? So, I mean, the first thing, of course, is that everybody should be talking about mental health and talking about mental health properly and seriously. So great to be here talking with you. But I am Chief Executive of Mental Health First Aid England, which is a, uh, an organisation that wants to train one in 10 of the adult population in mental health first aid uh, England uh, skills and knowledge, because we think that will create a cultural tipping point in which everybody has the uh, enough people have the skills and understanding around mental health to make a real difference uh, and uh, yeah I also of course have uh, lived experience in terms of uh, you yeah, know live with a partner who has uh, their own mental health uh, conditions friends family um, you know my own ups and downs in in all sorts of things so yeah I have some professional expertise and then some personal expertise, but just go right back to the first bit. We all need to be talking about it, and that's why you should talk to me because hopefully it will encourage other people to talk about it as well. Fabulous. Fabulous. All right. We've got about 12 questions. Most of them are those that have either come from people on LinkedIn or they are searching for them on Google. So we saw these questions and we thought, who better to ask than you? So we're going to go through these questions, ask you, we might go off at a tangent. We might ask you to share a few stories, but for the viewers at home or at work, what we're really trying to do is get all those goodies that are inside your head around mental health out so we can help each other. Right. Cool. So our first question is, what is the definition of mental health? Sure. I mean, the World Health Organization, um, you know, I know Donald Trump's not their biggest fan, but the World <laughs> Health Organization <laughs> defines um, uh, mental health as a state of well-being in which individuals realize their own potential, uh, can cope with the normal stresses of everyday life, um, can work productively um, and fruitfully, which is obviously a good term for uh, those working in supermarkets, um, and able to contribute to their uh, to their own community. You know, so that's the World Health Organization definition. And I guess the key bits in that is, this is about well-being. And we often talk about mental health when we mean mental ill health. And it's really important to recognize, you know, we talk about one in four people um, experiencing poor mental health each year. What we talk less about is that four in four of us have mental health um, and that, that we rely on that to help us get through every single day. 24, day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right, right. Because you're right. I, I talk to my mum, dad, obviously they're a generation of about 70, 80 years. And they talk about people, oh, he's got mental health. <laughs> and so they use it almost in that negative, which is wrong. And I guess they and even I haven't wrapped my head around mental health. Actually, we're talking about either the illness or well-being. Yes. And of course, it's a continuum, isn't it? You know, that, that some of us will have a, a diagnosed... Uh, clinically diagnosed condition 
Um, some of us might have um, highs and, and lows. You know, we will have bad moments and you know, experience bereavement or divorce or separation or whatever it is. So, so you know, our, our mental health, a bit like our physical health, we don't either have uh, pure physical health or an illness. You know, we are uh, you know, we're all different parts and, our, and there is you know, a, a, a similarly a similar sort of thing with our mental health that you know we we may not have a clinically diagnosed illness but we may be operating 80 percent for a few weeks for whatever reasons whether that's external or internal and, and that perfectly brings us on to our next question which is what we're all going through right now now for some people hell on earth for others even worse so how has i think i know the answer but be interesting for you to elaborate how has covid affected people's mental health yeah. So I think it's fair to say it will have affected people in numerous different ways. And I just want to start by saying, of course, that there are, you know, there are some people who are, have been locked down, who have not been locked down in safe uh, uh, houses, in safe experiences. So maybe in violent relationships, some people have experienced you know, homophobia or transphobia or, or whatever it is. Uh, uh, within their home life. So I think there are some, some key things which we just have to acknowledge because I think sometimes people forget that we, um, that we don't all have the luxury of a safe uh, home. But also once you, you take, make sort of ex acknowledge that, that even though lots of people have had awful experiences, um, which may have included being bereaved and not being able to go to the funeral and, and grieve properly. So some really bad things. Most people have adapted incredibly well. You know, that, that moment with, you know, an hour, a day, whatever it is, notice, that so it's, it's going to be different tomorrow. Um, and, you know, whether it's going to be different tomorrow and you're going to still come to workplace or it's going to be different tomorrow, you're going to stop coming to the workplace. Um, yeah, there's lots of things where we've adapted incredibly well. What we also know is that, um, uh, a much higher level of people have, have experienced anxiety during lockdown since COVID began. And whilst we don't have all of the information now, of course, as the uh, restrictions ease, uh, there is much, much more uh, room um, for people to get anxious about all sorts of different things, about, you know, am I going to be forced back into the workplace? Yeah. Am I going to have to get public transport? And is that going to be uh, safe? Um, what's happening with our borders? Uh, you know, am I able to do X, Y, and Z? You know, and, and, and the reality is you know, that most of us are a little bit confused. And of course, being confused because the rules are not um, being as com communicated as clearly as they could be, in my opinion, and the variation across the four countries, uh, it doesn't help uh, that. But what that means, of course, is that when we're not sure, it can exacerbate worry um, and concern and anxiety and for some people it is also important to say no commute uh, more time at home an opportunity to slow down an opportunity to not travel internationally as part of their job um, has brought some real positive benefits um, as well so i think you know it's, it's really important that we acknowledge the adaptability that as human beings we've done incredibly well however our however hard it's been, we've done incredibly well. Yeah. Um, and that it has been difficult for some people and will continue to be, and that it has been 
there have been some positives for some people, and that most people, of course, have gone back and forth. You know, if you asked me last week how it was, it'd be a very different answer than how it is today. Very true, and it's a, it, you're right. It's a very changing picture. I mean, we as a family, we went out on Saturday, and the whole mask thing—it's just. I don't know, we, we, we wanted to go out and sadly we went into a Weatherspoons for lunch. There was no masks in there. Or we went into a clothes shop and it said, you must wear masks, sanitize your hands, absolutely. We went in, there were six assistants without masks. And you're thinking, hmm, this is all a bit confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got it. Yeah. Well, and I think that that is, yeah, I, I used, I've used public transport probably three times since March and on, Sunday, um, I used, uh, I got on Docklands Light Railway and there were probably similar six or seven people without their masks on. And I was furious and, and I'm not a person who gets furious about much. And then I was like, just breathe. <laughs> By the time I got home, I was like, why were there so many people? Why? Why weren't the people on the train saying them that they should be doing it? And of course, yeah, actually I had my mask on. I was far enough away, but there's something about, um, our interactions with each other, what's happened in this period, and, and our own, you know, there is a clearly a, uh, a, a, a some, it triggered something in me, you know, it, 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 I don't normally go from 0 to 60, you know, in, in quite the speed that I did in that moment, which suggests that, you know, it worried me rather than it made me angry, even though I felt fury, you know, and then, of course, you know, I'm, I'm 45, but no, not for six year old blokes. So, yeah, always, you know, uh, uh, sort of equipped, um, uh, like many of us, with, uh, you know, the, the, the nuance of emotion. So, it took me a while to just step back and, and you know, go, okay, what's happening? Um, and that's what I think all of us are going to have to do a bit more of. Uh, that's very true. Um, the other thing I found that was a bit odd was that uh, I was in a shop, uh, I had a mask on, and I was smiling. And I'm thinking, <laughs> that's doing absolutely nothing. I'm smiling at people, the shop assistant, but it's doing nothing. Very odd, very odd. And well, your eyes may have been dancing, Darren. You never know. Well, your eyes may have been dancing as you smiled. I've got to do more of that. I certainly have. And I'm glad you mentioned your age. I had to ask the kids the other day, was I, am I 49 or 48? Let's, um, let's come back to our um, topic. Um, we talked about the changing picture and the media can be very responsible for that. How do you think the media are doing reporting on mental health? And I don't mean our criticism of them doing it right or wrong, but how we take what they say. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, again, when we talk about the media, it's such a wide spectrum, isn't it? And you, yeah, we have seen, I think over the last decade, some, you know, some really good documentaries, some really good news reporting, some really good pieces. But still, you get you know, the, the headlines which are stigmatising. Um, still, you get uh, you know, things which are, you know, they may be absurd, they may be ridiculous, they may be outrageous, but they are not crazy, mad or insane. So you, you get all sorts of language and use of words and then descriptions of you know, whether when anything bad happens, uh, you know, the way that then uh, you know, the, the, it's, it's, it's uh, attributed to mental health or, or not. You know, so so I, I don't think as a whole, the mainstream media um, you know, is, 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 is on the sort of the positive end of the spectrum. However, there is some really, really good reporting. And, and you know, when, when people report on suicide, you know, we, we see some of them taking the um, advice of, 
you know, developed by the Samaritans and others, um, and using that. And at other times, you just see such sensationalist and, and poor reporting. You wonder whether, yeah, we're right back in, in the 70s again. Yeah. But, you know, YouTube, uh, Instagram, you know, Twitter, um, again, some really appalling stuff, but some absolutely brilliant you know, uh, 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 material on blogs and on vlogs. And, and of course, what we have now is a much greater opportunity to curate our own uh, uh, news feed rather than, you know, BBC One to uh, Channel four, well, three, wasn't it, initially, when, uh, and then Channel Four, um, you know, turns off at 10 o'clock or the radio. So, so I think, yeah, the media, the media still could do much more to destigmatize, to be an active non-stigmatizing. Or, yeah, if you think about the, the sort of the similar to, you know, there's a difference between being non-racist and being anti-racist. Yeah. You know, that, that the media could be much more proactive in trying to destigmatize mental health rather than just um, not stigmatize, because um, yeah, we've got a long way to go before um, before it reports accurately. Um, and fairly. And if you think about you know, what we talked about at the beginning, when it talks about reporting of mental health, often it's talk of reporting on mental illness yes. rather than on the positive and on the state of well-being. And I think that's the biggest part I've taken so far is that difference, which I don't think I had in my head either. So maybe it helps others. Okay. And just as a part of that, I'm thinking about the next generation. So my son is uh, 17 next week. Um, Gabby, my daughter, is 20. Do you think their generation will do it better? It's a bit of a leading question. I guess I think they will. Do you? Absolutely. 100%. So I spent um, uh, my whole career until... Uh, October 2018, working with young in young people with young people. Um, so I was um, I worked at the Family Planning Association, running a sex education project. They were better at talking about sex and sex and relationships than 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 uh, my generation, our generation. Yeah. Um, they um, I worked at National Children's Bureau, where we talked about drugs and about volatile substance abuse and about bereavement and about mental health, and they were better at talking about all of those things than our generation. And just before I came here, I was at Brooke, um, the Young People's Sexual Health Charity, and then at the National Union of Students. And, and there is a language, there is an understanding, there is a, a much better awareness of the issues. You know, there's a greater connectivity um, and closeness. However, that doesn't mean that they're sorted. I think that is, that is the, the risk that we have, which is, oh, young people are better at talking about it, therefore they're sorted. Um, and I think that there is you know, a huge amount that we need to do to just really um, get alongside children, young people and understand what it's like growing up now to help them to navigate. Um, you know, as usual, um, we do the same. We demonize uh, young people. And, and this time around, it's social media. You know, my, it was acid parties and illegal raves. And before that, it was sex before marriage. And just, uh, you know, there's been a thing each time. And, and so. Um, that's that's our job is to get alongside children young people work with their emotional literacy their emotional intelligence their acute um, feeling um, and connectivity to mental health and then help them navigate their lives well said well said just so i can think that they're not doing everything perfectly i just need to get my two off their phones <laughs> but you know yeah, uh, well, what my, you know, what my mum does has said, you know, he just needs to make sure that he comes home on time, you know, but, you know, so there will always be, 
there will always be you know, different different things and 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 that's you know, part of the you know, where where children are lucky to have um you know uh, parents and carers um who are able to have that sort of bungee line which is you know you know, go come on stretch but we're always here we're always holding on um yeah that's that's where the yeah where, where the children are lucky um and, and not everyone is as lucky to have that but that's the job isn't it holding them just at the edge of their comfort zone holding on to your nerve whilst they're at the edge um and and, and helping them all the way through well, that's certainly true because I'm teaching Jack how to drive at the moment. So, uh, good luck. When you say holding <laughs> on, I, I literally am to the handbrake, but, but enough of that. <clears throat> Fingers crossed. Um, okay, let's, let's talk about uh, mental health affecting physical health, health. So, as a layman, I can see that one affects the other. Would you be able to take us a bit deeper into what does it really mean, the connection between the two? Yeah. So, I did a podcast with Ruby Wax about a year or so ago, um, and she described it probably the best that I've heard described, which is, yeah, this thing is a onesie. Yeah, we may talk about it in mental health and physical health, but it's one thing, how we are mentally affects how we are physically and how we are physically affects how we are mentally. Um, and yeah, we know that uh, physical exercise, you know, whatever we're able to do, whether that's a walk or whether that's sprinting or you know, horse riding, whatever it is that is good for our mind. Being in nature is good for our well-being, that you know, that, that, that connectivity um, is there. But we also know uh, that you know, when, if people are experiencing poor mental health, that's often the time when you lose motivation, when you stop caring um, uh, for yourself, when you stop being able to feel um, the spikes of joy, uh, and and so yeah, the the two are interlinked. If you think physical health, physical activity, physical health is is important for uh, uh, well-being, um, but at the same time, how we are mentally may also affect how we feel about activity, but also how we feel physically um, at the same time. And you you will. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a clinician, so yeah, I, I, I don't want to overstep my, my mark on this. But yeah, we, we know about you know, how we get aches, but that's headaches owing to stress. You know, we know that you know, shoulder pain, uh, my brother died a few years ago and I had the worst back pain for about three months. And yeah, there was nothing that was physical. It was, it was, it was pain, you know, and it, and, and it was coming through, 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 through that. So yeah, that interrelationship, you know, is, is there. And, you know, so um, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, you know, all of those traditional medicines are about body, body and mind, chakras. I don't know anything more than that, but. That, yeah. that, that is very, <clears throat> I worked in the corporate world for about 14 years, very stressful job, a um, lot of responsibility. And every time I went on holiday, I got a cold. Yeah. Because I was just coming out of that. Uh, and yeah. You know, the family would say, you know, you're horrible for the first three days because I was just a dribbly mess. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. Get it. Okay, all right, that makes sense. And mental health affecting, so the physical we've talked about and they're connected, absolutely get that. What about affecting all your life? Um, so how does mental health affect the whole thing? Yeah, well, I guess it's, 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 it's the same it's the same thing, isn't it? You know, that, that there are, you know, our, if you think about our, our mind as a muscle, yeah, we can train ourselves, you know, to uh, to look for and experience joy. Yeah, so that bit of noticing, you know, looking around you, 
and being grateful for the things which you um, that you can appreciate and they don't you know it's not saying everything has to be brilliant but are there three things that I can be grateful for um, you know at, at the moment you know journaling um, so that we're writing down um, our feelings you know, you talked about your children and, and phones and actually you know I'm close to 50 and spend too much of my time walking along looking down at my phone have to make a deliberate effort to go actually look up look at the world around you um, and then do that uh, 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 later so you know similarly you know our motivation uh, you know what what we are willing to try and not try whether we're willing to take risks or not you know it's all part of that same uh, uh, bit you know our mental health is at the heart of who we are it is our humanity uh, and and so yeah the, the 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 mantra of there is no health without mental health yeah there is there is only us and our bodies and our minds and it's how we how we you know recognizing the the the, the massive um uh privileges and joy you know for those of us who looked at our body this morning and thought oh you know remembering it gets us around every day you know it actually ways that gets us work enables us to do the shopping whatever it is you know that 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 our whatever our limitations and our and our our horizons you know all of it is is really about our lives yes Absolutely. I, I, um, you just reminded me, there was a guy on LinkedIn who talked a while ago, I think he did a one minute video, where he said he was, uh, he told this story about standing in the queue at a post office. And he said he made the decision not to look at his phone. And, and this thing went wild. And he said, really? All you did was stop looking at your phone in the post office queue? But it was brilliant. Me included, I stopped and thought, I might just do yeah. a couple of yeah. times. Yeah. Stop looking I don't I deliberately don't take my phone out with me um if I we often go out we used to often go out for Sunday lunch and I wouldn't take my phone um because I know I'd be tempted now if I do um meet people I turn my phone off so that the second they go to the toilet I don't immediately yeah. look because of course it's got you know uh e-work emails on our personal emails on our bank account on so yeah, my phone tells me when I spent money, so not you can't even spend money without yeah the the the, the pain of, of it being told yeah on on your phone and and yeah and and so yeah I, I would absolutely I practice not having my phone with me um a lot. I like that. I think it was Bear Grylls who said, "Let's disconnect from the cyber hive." It took me a while to figure out what he meant, but when I got it, I get it. I get it. Okay, all right. I'm just conscious of time. We've only got. Um, a finite amount of time with you. So I want to ask you the things that people are asking me. Um, why is mental health training important? I'm going to ask, I think I know the answer. I think you've touched on it, but let's just make sure. So yeah, mental health. Uh, I think the most important thing is that we all need to learn and understand mental health a bit better. We all need to learn and understand a bit about signs and symptoms uh, so that we can understand when we're noticing in ourselves and when we're seeing in other people. Um, we need to understand its relationship to the rest of our body and the rest of our lives, which we've talked about. And we've got to stop being frightened of it because, you know, let's face it, people are frightened of mental health a lot of the time um, as well because they don't understand it. So we need to shift the culture. We need to um, have enough confidence to have conversations and enough confidence to develop skills. Um, and training is one way, the main way that we understand to make that happen now we can read we can watch ted talks people can listen to youtube um, there are things that we can do 
Um, but actually, there is also the skills practicing. Uh, you know, how do you have conversations? How do you spot changes? What might you have to um, do the the difficult conversation? Uh, you know, around things. And how do we just build our confidence? So, yeah. If you think about physical health, you see someone, you talked about you know, your dribbly nose and made me conscious and wonder whether I had a dribbly nose at the time, which is, uh, but uh, you talked about your dribbly nose. We can see when people are physically ill. Yep. Um, we can train ourselves to better understand when people may not be um, uh, as much about them. Then we can have the conversation, but we're much less likely um, to be confident to have the conversation because of the stigma that's associated with mental health. And whilst stigma exists, whether it's about, you know, as I said before, I spent a lot of time working in sexual health, stigma exists around HIV, around sex, um, yeah, around abortion, around same-sex relationships, um, around mental health, uh, around uh, poverty, wherever there is stigma, there is shame and there is difficulty. Um, and actually these things are difficult um, enough uh, to experience with support often and um, we shouldn't be making it more difficult with stigma so the training is really you know, smashing the stigma for want of a, 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 a better way of, of saying but also doing that through better understanding better knowledge help it which will help us help ourselves and also help us have the skills to to recognize and have conversations with each other and I guess just the one other bit around um, training I you know, I didn't come into this job um, as an, with any expertise. I still wouldn't call myself an expert, but I've got some expertise now. But what it has made me realise is that actually um, we can do a lot to look after our brains uh, that enables us, your brain, to look after us. Yeah. And I was actually quite lucky in that I have a very, very well-formed hobby, um, uh, which does lots of that. You know, uh, uh, so you can't... A, a horse riding you can't have a phone when you're going around cross country you can't have a phone in your hand when you're trying to plat the horse up or to drive somewhere um and and so i i already had that sort of self-care sort of inherently built into yeah. my yeah. life but had i not got that and things to do in the evenings and weekends and all those sorts of things then what i would have learned through this job and through training was we have to take measures to slow down. We have to actively build that muscle which looks after ourselves. We have to you know, really try, and that did, that's wherever we sit on the mental health continuum at any point in time, there are things we can do to look after ourselves, and that's a really important part of learning and training at the same time. Like it, like it. Two, two thoughts came into my mind. One, you mentioned Ruby Wax. I watched a TED talk where she talked about her mental health, uh, mental illness. Was mm -hmm. that right? She, she's been through some stuff, hasn't she? It's pretty tough. She has, yeah. I would recommend. So the, the podcast um, that, that I do with her is called um, Just About Coping, uh, which is then Simon Blake uh, with Ruby Wax. But um, yeah, Ruby's done a lot of TED talks. She established the Frazzled Cafe, which is a cafe to um, support people um, as a place to, to go in there online now. So literally frazzled, those of you like frazzles, you know, spelt in, in the way of frazzles and a frazzled cafe, um, uh, support groups to help people who are feeling stressed and, and want help. But yeah, Ruby's had um, yeah, her own experiences and written books um, and has got a new book out um, yeah, at, the, at the moment. Um, all of it worth a read. Really, really, she has a master's in 
cognitive behavioral therapy um and yeah it was really gone into understanding neuroscience etc all right well we'll add those links to the bottom of here so people can see them we'll add those in afterwards and the other thought i had was we mentioned the dribbly nose and someone says oh you got a cold you got a dribbly nose what would be the equivalent is there one for mental health where we might see something and think okay you've you've got a mental health cold hmm. Well, I guess it depends how well we know people, doesn't it? You know, and, um, and now I'm conscious thinking, have I got a dribbly nose? And amazing <laughs> what happens. Um, so the key thing is, uh, is noticing change. So if you, you know, if somebody's always on time or very social, always on time, suddenly late, um, always sociable, doesn't want to go out, um, always well kept, looks messy, always messy, suddenly well kept, uh, yeah, always performs, suddenly isn't performing, never gets angry, or is, is, is often short-tempered, but suddenly is very patient and detached. You know, what, so just thinking about, do, am I noticing changes? Yeah. Um, and the really important bit in that is, is it's okay to ask the question, because you know, so often we can be worried that, uh, about asking the question, but that is, you know, it is really important to check. You know, um, I've noticed that you know, you always, you know, the work context, you're always on time. But for the last three weeks, actually, you know, you've it's felt like or you've, you've been late and, and, and I'm not, you know, and I'm not, uh, and I wanted to find out whether there's anything right in order to help you, not to, punish, you know, it's, it's having the right sort of care and conversation, but being specific. I mean, I guess, yeah, that that's the key. That's the key bit. There is, you know, lots of, you know, lists around low mood irritability you know, all, all sorts of things which you can see but but ultimately it's yeah are there changes changing okay all right perfect perfect got that uh mental health it's on the rise now is it on the rise because it's on the rise or is it on the rise because we're more aware of it i don't know if you can answer that but <laughs> so let's just let's just make sure that we um unpick this given what we said so mental health um will be on the rise as long as the population's rising it will be decreased because it, every single person has mental health. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so what you really mean is are uh, diagnosed conditions on the rise? Yeah. So, yeah. I think, yeah. What what we know uh, is that we have a better understanding about mental health and mental illness than we did previously. We know that uh, we have got better medical care and support around mental health and uh yeah so talking to somebody the other day about uh their experience of postnatal depression as opposed to their mother's experience of being very unwell after the child you know so there's all sorts of cultural changes which mean that our understanding of uh, mental health and mental illness is changing and that includes our medical uh understanding you know remember it wasn't that long ago i'm gay man it wasn't that long ago that i was um illegal and mentally unwell you know according to diagnostics so everything changes the important bit is that we are working in the right direction and that more people are getting help the bad bit of that is that their waiting lists are still too long some people are not getting non-judgmental help and advice some people don't feel able to ask um for help and support and then when you put things like covid you know, on top of that you know yeah. we know that we're already in a system uh, where and a culture that uh, perhaps isn't as open and honest and then isn't able to deliver and those things may 
be exacerbated as a result will be exacerbated as a result of this okay okay yeah get it get it and what can what would you advise people to do so we're talking about mental illness being on the rise we're also more aware of mental health which must be a good thing we can talk about it a bit more than we used to if someone's feeling as though they're not happy they're not okay what should they go and do so the key bit in, in all of this of course is that uh, finding somebody you trust and having a conversation uh, and that person that you trust might be uh, the person that you are um, working the till with or you know, doing the shells with or it might be your, your sibling or it might be a parent or it might be a doctor or it might be the employee assistance program or Samaritans yeah there's actually it doesn't have to be um, any one person uh, they can be anybody that you that you trust um, and it also doesn't have to be easy yeah that it it, it 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 may feel difficult but it will feel better once it's out because yeah that those old sort of sayings you know problem uh, was it's problem shared is a problem halved and you know all those sorts of things you know, we know ourselves the things that are four o'clock in the morning are really 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 big <laughs> yeah, actually at eight in the morning once you've had the chance to have a conversation may not be as big and of course there might be you know uh, uh, clinical issues um as well and, and so i guess the key bit is never be afraid to ask for support um you know, we have a culture um which doesn't always reward getting help uh, important to acknowledge we all need help at some point um we all need help for you know, our physical bodies um, we need help for our mental uh, 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 health as well and, um, and and I think that has to be the key bit the challenge of course is that when you are feeling uh, low rubbish um, uh, not good whatever language you want to, to have um, actually asking for help can exacerbate uh, uh, feelings um, and so that is why it's a two-way job. You know, what I hope is that if I, you know, uh, I said earlier about my, my brother dying, you know, after about six months, friends are like, okay, Simon, this is enough now. <laughs> you know, we need, we need to have, sit down and have a conversation with you. You're, 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 not, you're not moving through. And it wasn't a case of, you know, we want you to feel differently. It was, we can see that something um, isn't right. How can we help you? Um, and of course, you know, as is often the case, you say, um, I don't need the help, I don't want the help, but they're absolutely right. And that's why you know, I wasn't going to go to them and ask for help because I didn't feel like I needed it because that was where my brain was at that moment in time. But they, they could see something and gently, you know, kindly you know, came. And that's why it is really a two-way, got to be a two-way thing. I had a snoop around the website earlier and I may catch you on the hop, but it's not my intention. I saw a tool called Address the Stress, yeah. um, which was about a funnel. And, and what I understood was things were in it, all those worries and 4am things. And then yeah. it sort of got released by talking to people or it got stopped further by alcohol. That, that's what yeah. I took from it, but I only looked for a few minutes. Would you mind just sharing a bit more? and explain it better than me. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, that's not a bad explanation in 20 seconds for a quick look around the website. So, um, so think about a, a stress container. You know, so, you know, um, and uh, yeah, that, that if you think about that World Health Organization definition that we manage the normal stresses, you know, of everyday life. Um, and so, you know, that 
if, if a container's that big, and that, and that big might be, can you see that? I don't know where Yeah, there comes a point, does, actually, let's just think about it differently. There comes a point at which your bath uh, you know, can no longer, uh, the water can no longer stay in if you get in it as well. You know, it, it's going to splash out the sides and go over, and you've got to find a way to let the water out, you know, either through the overflow um, or, through, or through the tap. So if I have a, um, a, a busy uh, week at work the, and, and I, I'm feeling a little bit like that, yeah, the best thing that can happen to me is that I will get the chance to ride the horse right. to kick off the weekend. Yeah, it, that is, that's the tap. That's when I turn, pull the plug, turn the tap on, whatever it is. It might be running. It might be a conversation. It might be sewing. Um, and of course, it might also be a glass of red wine or a glass of white wine or a beer. The challenge is if it's six beers every day because we're not finding other routes through. And that's, you know, that's the, the sort of bit of it that we, are, we all have different size containers and we all have different moments um, of our, in our lives. Um, and we've got to find ways to, to switch off. You know, so when I talk about self-care, which is what I think is, is really um, how, one of the ways of, of, of turning the tap and, and letting some of the stress out, it's giving ourselves a rest. It's, it's finding ways to enable our brain to feel like you know, it doesn't have to be on high alert. And that may be a three hour conversation with a friend talking things through. It may be you know, for me you know, a, a, a ride through the woods or whatever it is, or it might be a, a, a run. The bit about it is if it's always pizza and always lots of beer, and at the end of it, there isn't actually any resolution and I'm, um, yeah, I, I, I like a bit of pizza and I like a bit of beer, but it's all of it, isn't it? It's in, in, moder in moderation. If it's destructive, that's, that's the challenge. Yeah, and that makes sense. So balance, yeah, moderation. Yeah. And we've always been, all been there with maybe a too, much of, uh, too much of those. <laughs> all right, we're, I'm just conscious of your time, so I'm going to ask you one more question and then we'll just move into uh, a summary. What does mental health mean to you? And I'm going to add a, a rider on that. What would you like these people out there to know? And you think, if only we knew that, it'll be much, much easier for everyone. So what, I guess what does mental health mean to me? It is, it is very much that continuum. It is a recognition that our, our body and mind go together in the same way that sometimes I have a sore knee and I don't think I've knocked it. Sometimes I have a sore head and I don't think I've knocked it. And other times, you know, I, I know that I fell off the horse and, you know, and it's hurt the knee. And sometimes I will know that there is, you know, there are external circumstances or I can feel that something's happening, which means that, you know, my brain is, is hurting. Um, and, and so, yeah, that continuum, yeah, we, we move back and forward. And sometimes it will include clinical diagnoses and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but our mental health is something that we should all be acutely aware of. So if I had something which I would uh, encourage uh, people to do, um, it would be um, the weekly wellbeing check, which we have on the website, which you could put in the links. Yep, we'll do. Questions, which are, you know, how do you feel uh, right now? How did you sleep? Yeah, how are you feeling about work? Or what, yeah, just a series of different questions. And, and, and the, the, the the bit really is just taking that time to notice. Yeah. And you know, we, we can all, I guess I'm a big advocate of, you know, no matter 
what the state of our, our mental health, we can always, um, you know, there are always some things which we could try to do. So, you know, helping ourselves to get good sleep by not having our phones in our bedrooms. Yeah. You know, helping our mind to get the best out of what we eat by trying to eat, you know, good, balanced diet, you know, as much as we possibly can. You know, not drinking too much coffee, tea and alcohol and drinking loads of water. You know, getting some exercise. You know, they're all things, they're not always easy to do. You know, it sounds so simple when I just say it, you know, but it isn't always easy. But being conscious about the fact that you know, we often, you know, go back to the pizza and beer. You know, I can, I can glug a whole pizza at the best of times and I'll feel full. What I don't rarely, what I rarely do is think, actually, what, what is that doing between stomach and mind? You know, whereas when I eat a really nice, you know, a salad or, and or, yeah, whatever you eat is good, Kind of going, yeah, she have, yeah, you know, you know, I notice now the, the lightness that also comes um, with my with my mind. You know, if I don't drink over a weekend, you know, I'm getting to that stage where not very much booze makes me feel a bit groggy. If I don't drink for a long time, I actually notice I'm feeling quite a lot better. So then you're going, actually, what's the payoff here? You know, and and what, how do I want to feel tomorrow rather than how do I want to feel? tonight so i guess it's just that bit of all i would say to people is in the same way that we feel our back our hips our knees our our legs you know our arms and try to feel the brain try to understand what's going on try to really connect in with it and do our best to help it look after us i think that's that's the core of this for me really that that makes perfect sense without knowing it i've just made a link gal and i uh, my wife we some friends asked us to go out and we knew it would be a boozy night. Uh, it's in about three weeks. And then we said, but hold on, we're going to wake up a bit, <clears throat> a bit later, feeling a bit rough on Jack's birthday. So we just moved it. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've done a small amount of this already, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Makes perfect sense. Simon, that has been fantastic. I've just written down here a few notes of things that I particularly took away. We talked about mental illness um, and trying to understand that better when we sometimes, and, and I was using mental health and I was meaning mental illness. So that's a, a good point. You talked about mental and physical being one. Uh, and back to what Ruby Wax and the Frazzle Cafe say. Perfect. Um, and I like your piece that you said, spikes of joy. I haven't heard that before. Um, I think we could all do with a few more spikes of joy. <laughs> well, and, and to notice them and to know what gives you it. Yeah, that's 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 a bit, and to notice when you're not feeling them, and to try and understand why, you know, um, yeah, and, and and I think, yeah. So I I, I do practice uh, gratitude, which is yeah. So the first thing I do when I wake up is think about three things that I'm grateful for. Yeah, and sometimes they're big things, and sometimes it's peanut butter. And tell you, once you start actually thinking, I'm grateful for peanut butter, how much better your peanut butter on toast tastes. But you know, the, the, these don't have to be big. They don't have to be big things. Yeah, you know, they, yeah, you know, the the joy of a hug. You know, at the moment because we're not getting very many of them, um, and yeah, you know, yeah, and and noticing that, and then remembering those things, and trying to be grateful for it. I think is is really key to helping us to have a better grasp of what gives us joy, and then how we can get it, and recognizing that yeah, sometimes things aren't joyful, but there is always. There's often joy to be found, even when when it's not the most joyous of time. 
Really true. I, I haven't seen my parents for a long time. They're, they're old, they're, they're 80 years old or so. And I haven't hugged them for four months and that just feels odd. Yeah. We'll they wouldn't like you calling them old. They wouldn't like you calling them old. That's all I'm going to say. Well, thankfully this is on YouTube, so there's no chance of them seeing it. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. I'm aware we've used a lot of your time and I'm really, really thankful. Um, I think we've got a lot of goodies out of your head and we've answered a lot of the questions that people are asking. So thank you so much. And the last thing I'm going to say is best of luck for tomorrow. You've got a competition. I think you've got a horse called Boris and you're doing a dressage. Is that right? Completely right. Well done. Thank you. All right. Well, best of luck with that and thank you for your time. Cheers. Thanks, Darren. Bye. Bye.